about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Are you ready this morning? All right, take your Bibles, go to John's Gospel. All right, John 20, did you find it? Look at verse 21. It's a scripture you really don't hear much about, but it is a very important scripture that we should be teaching on. John 20, 21, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so I now send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye who? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And he breathed on them and he said, Receive ye the? Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, I know this is after Jesus was raised from the dead. He gets with his disciples. Basically, it says he breathed on them. Say, breathed on them. Now, when you think about it and you go back to the original, back in Genesis chapter 2, you're going to find out that man's start, basically, he was formed of the dust of the earth, and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And now here it goes once again, Jesus breathed on them. Say, breathed on them. See, many of you are in here today, you don't have no idea that you've been breathed on. There was a day in your life when you received Jesus Christ, came into the kingdom of God, that God breathed on you by the Holy Ghost, and he breathed and told you to receive the Holy Ghost. Say receive Receive. the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Now, if you look at the word receive, any prefix you see, R-E, it means again, Mm -hmm. attached to anything. So receive, receive means to take. So Jesus was saying, take again the Holy Ghost. Now, why would he tell the disciples to take again the Holy Ghost? Unless they had the Holy Ghost, mankind did at one time and have to retake it. Are you following me? So when Adam back in the garden, basically, and God breathed into his nostrils a breath of life, the Spirit of God came on the inside of him, and at that time he received the Holy Ghost. But since that time, since he fell, and basically at that time his nature got messed up, he got separated from God, he got disconnected from God. How many know the Holy Ghost has to be in a holy vessel? And he was no longer in a holy vessel. So the Holy Spirit had to leave at that time. And basically Adam had no spirit of God anymore, didn't have the Holy Ghost anymore. And mankind did not have the Holy Ghost in them, just sometimes upon them to do certain things. So now we get to a place where Jesus suffers and dies, makes man righteous, say righteous. So once he makes you righteous and holy, now you are a vessel so that you can receive again the Holy Ghost. This is why right here Jesus came. This is it. This is why he came. People say, well, he came to die on the cross. That's true, but that's not the end of the story. He came to be raised from the dead. That's true, but that's not the end of the story. The whole story was to return to mankind, the Spirit of God, now living inside a man once again. In other words, mankind was now going to be filled with someone by the name of the Holy Ghost. And notice what it calls him. It doesn't call him the breath of life here. It says the breath of the Holy Ghost. Say the breath of the Holy Ghost. Now, you take that to the natural realm it's probably pretty important that you breathe every day. How many of you do that? How many of you do it more than once? Oh, you do it all the time, don't you? It's a breathing experience. 
so when you have the breath of the Holy Ghost, in order to live a spiritual life that you want to live with the power and the connection to the kingdom of God, which is in heaven, you need to constantly be aware of the Holy Ghost who's on the inside of you. He's the one you saw this morning. He was moved on in prophecy. He spoke words to people through the, through the Holy Ghost, through their mouth. And the Holy Ghost basically lives on the inside. And that breathing is important in your daily life. Many people get born again and don't even know they have the Holy Spirit. They just go living their life the way that they want to live their life. And how many know that doesn't work out very well? The Holy Ghost is coming. He's here to teach you. He's here to guide you. He's here to do all those things that you need done. And here Jesus breathed on them. Say breathed on them. And he said, receive ye, take again the Holy Ghost. So once again, now there's the first time that mankind once again received the Holy Ghost to live on the inside of each and every one of them so that once again they'd be reconnected. Say reconnected. reconnected. Now if they were reconnected, how many of you know that one time they were and when were they connected? Back in Genesis, Adam had a direct line, man. I'm telling you what, direct text line, whatever, Facebook, he was one-on-one -on -one with God, praise God. But when he lost that, he was disconnected, so the Holy Ghost came back on the inside of you to reconnect you to your heavenly kingdom and your Father who's in heaven. See, I've been reconnected. He also came to restore you back to your original position. Glory to God. So that means at one time mankind w had authority. At one time man had power. At one time mankind was full of the Holy Ghost. At one time man, God was the devil's worst nightmare. But then when Adam sinned, they lost that. So Jesus came to restore to man exactly what man had lost. Are you following me? So you've been reconnected. You've been restored. You've received the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of you. That's why he suffered, died. That's why he went to the cross. I just know when Jesus did this this day, he was excited. We just read this stuff. And Jesus looked at them. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. <laughs> it's not that way. Jesus did everything that he did from stepping down to be a man, to dying on the cross, to being nailed to the cross, to being raised from the dead for this day when he could go, Whew. glory to God, receive the Holy Ghost. Now how many know they probably went, whoa, that was good. Yeah. Glory to God. So we've all received, say I've received, I received. The, Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. Okay, go to Luke 17. All right, Luke chapter 17, look at verse 20. All right, Luke 17, look at verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is where? Within. within you. So the kingdom of God is within you. Now, we've talked already about when you got born again, you entered into the kingdom of God. But I want to show you here, not only did you enter into the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God actually entered into you. So you just didn't enter into a place, you just done it under an atmosphere. You entered into a place basically where you abide as one with the kingdom of God. When you entered the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God entered on the inside of you. People all over the world are teaching that basically the kingdom of God starts when you die and go to heaven. And when you get to heaven, there'll be peace and there'll be joy and there'll be all these good things. Woohoo! just can't wait to get to heaven. But down here, we're just going to suffer. We're just going to be beat up. We're just going to be pushed down. But notice, as soon as the spirit of the king came in you, the kingdom of God came in you. So the kingdom of God's on the inside of you today. Say, the kingdom of God, kingdom of God is, in me is in me today. today. 
Jesus qualified you with his blood to be in right standing with the kingdom of God. And when you received that free right standing that he provided, then the spirit of God came on the inside of you. And the spirit of God is now on the inside of you. And the kingdom is on the inside of you. But not only is it just in you. Now, you know, when I was first, they told me the kingdom of God was in me and the spirit was in me. I just saw this little ball, you know, the Holy Ghost coming and he's in here someplace. And the kingdom's over here. It's in here someplace like that. But when the kingdom of God and the spirit of God get in you, they get in all of you. In other words, the kingdom of God is in your tissues. The kingdom of God is in your bones. The kingdom of God is in your liver. The kingdom of God is in your heart. The kingdom of God itself rules your entire body. That's why Jesus said, I'm the way. Not the way to heaven, the way to live, the way to think, the way to talk, the attitude that you got. So as you follow his way, what it does to your body is it keeps your body healthy because the kingdom of God is operating in your physical body. All at once, your heart is still strong and your liver is doing good. But now when you get out of line with the kingdom of God, in what the Bible calls unrighteousness, then things in your physical body can start acting up, can't they? You know, We don't ever want to talk about this. We just want to say, what do you got? And we'll give you this pill for it. Take it home. If that don't work, we'll give you two other pills. And if that don't work, we'll give you a whole chest full of them, whatever you want to do. But that's not it. Sometimes you need to go to the source of the problem. See, if, if you're going to worry, which is not kingdom operation your whole life, then you're going to have physical problems someplace along your whole life. If you're going to walk in fear your whole life, you're going to have problems because that's not the kingdom of God way to do things. There is a kingdom of God way, and Jesus came and demonstrated the kingdom of God. You want to study the kingdom of God? Study the life of Jesus. He was the one that said, why do you worry? Not I'm worrying. See, so all these things in our life make a difference. The kingdom of God basically is in every single part of us. And as long as you're walking in line with the kingdom of God and staying in love and you're out of fear and you're out of unbelief and you're out of all this stuff, your physical body will be energized. It'll be strong. Some people say, I'm just so tired. I'll bet you are. Why is that? Because you've been worrying for two straight weeks. You've been living in fear and that affects your physical body. So the kingdom of God itself now is already in us. It's in every part of us. And the spirit of God is in every single part of you. That's why the Bible says that the Spirit of God is in you, and He will quicken, yes. make alive, yes. strengthen yes. your mortal body if you allow Him to do it. See, you can block it at any time. It, it's not a fear realm. It's not a worry realm. All that stops the flow on the inside of you. I swear, if we could get rid of all worry and all fear in the entire world, I think the health department would be in trouble. Doctors would be looking for somebody to do something with because everybody's walking around healthier than they are because they're worried they ain't got any patience. We'd have to be giving them pills. We're sorry. You ain't got enough patience. Here, we'll give you this. We'll give you this tablet. We'll give you this vitamin and stuff. Because that's what happens in the physical body. The spiritual realm is tied to the physical body. You have to understand that. And the kingdom of God came in you. And Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the... So what is he? The way to heaven? He's the truth? He's No, he's the way for you to live in the kingdom of God. He is the truth about what the kingdom says. And he is the life in your physical body and the kingdom of God itself. And it's all on the inside of you today. Say the Holy Ghost is on the inside of me. The kingdom of God is on the inside of me. All right, go to Luke chapter 24. All right, Luke chapter 24, look at verse 49. How many know this is the last red verse in Luke? This is the last thing Jesus had to say. How many do you think if you were, had one minute to live, you'd want to say something important to somebody? Well, this is probably pretty important then. Jesus says, And behold, or look, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from where? 
Now, that's a mouthful, isn't it? First of all, you're going to be endued. He said you're going to be infused. You're going to be filled with this power of God on the inside of you. He said this power doesn't come from the earth. It comes from where? On high. And he said, tarry and wait for this. Now, the Spirit of God was already on the inside of them because he'd already done what to them? Breathe. Breathe. Say breathe. So when he breathed the Holy Ghost into his life, basically now there's something called the baptism that Ted talked about last week, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, basically, which gives you extra power in your life to line up and connect with heaven also. So can you be born again, not baptized in the Holy Ghost? Yes. But it's your choice. It's a free gift. It's already been given to each and every one of us. So baptized in the Holy Ghost. Basically, it's called when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, say upon you. Okay, now, when I thought this, I thought I'd be walking around, I'd be preaching, and when I was preaching all at once, if I slipped over into my baptism gift, the Holy Ghost would come out of heaven and jump on me because the Spirit's going to come upon me. But as you study it further, the Spirit that you have in there is going to come up, and it's going to come on you. Upon, say upon. So what? I've got the Spirit of God on the inside of me. When I get filled with the Holy Ghost... And it rises up on the inside of me, and it gets too full. It runs over and gets on me, and the Spirit of the Lord gets up on me. And Isaiah talks about a time where the glory of the Lord is going to be seen upon us. Well, where's it going to come from? Mars? Jupiter? No, it's going to come from the glory. Well, how do we know glory is in there? Because the mystery, we haven't talked about yet, is Christ in you, the hope of so I'm not up here saying, Christ, glory, glory, glory. No, I'm going, glory. And when it comes upon you, trust me, you know sometimes when it comes upon you because it will even affect your physical body, much less everybody else's physical body. So Jesus came not to restore a religion. He didn't restore heaven because he was never promised heaven. He came to restore the kingdom of God and restore the Holy Ghost and then to get you baptized, say baptized, in the Holy Ghost. Now notice here he says, tarry in Jerusalem. In other words, wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. A lot of churches are waiting. You don't have to wait. Don't read that thing. Oh, well, that's us. We're still waiting. Well, you'll be waiting a long time because he's already here, praise God, and he's already ready to come upon you and act through the power of God, and everybody's tarrying. What is the church doing? Oh, we're tarrying. All night prayer meeting to tarry for the Holy Ghost. No, the Holy Ghost is already here. This is before Jesus went and sent the power of the Holy Ghost. Are you following me? You don't have to tarry. That's why you need to read Scripture in context and where it is in the Bible. You just can't pull that out and say, we just a tarrying. No, you don't have to tarry, praise God. The Spirit of God's on the inside of you today, whether you know it or not, and He'll come upon you for situations and circumstances. Actually, the Spirit of God on the inside of you is for your benefit, and the Holy Ghost that comes upon you is for somebody else's benefit. See, they're two different things. So what have I got? I got a river river of living water, a fountain that What if I feel like I'm dry today? What if I just don't feel a goose bump today? Doesn't matter. It never runs dry. It's on the inside of me. So I got the Spirit of God, praise God, on the inside of me. And what will it do? It'll help me not to say that just about when I was ready to. Come on now. Or, I've heard you telling not to, I said it, then I repent. That clicked it better, didn't it, that there? That was a lot better that way, was it? No, no. See, he'll lead you, and he'll guide you, and he'll take you wherever you're going to go. And when you mess up, he convicts you a little bit and says, I told you not to say that. Have you ever heard people say, I knew I shouldn't have did that. I thought I shouldn't have did that. I felt like I shouldn't have did it, but I did that. 
and gotten a mess. Why is that? Because that what they were hearing was the spirit of God on the inside of them, leading them, guiding them, and directing them in the right place, basically, and do the right things at the right time. So that's on the inside of me. How many know he never leaves me nor forsakes me? Amen. He's here all the time, wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, the spirit of God's in there directing me, telling me, don't say this, say that, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And I mean, just because Ted and Latasha get up here in church and give a word doesn't mean you can't give one to, to a person. Right. See? Well, I've got a word for so and so, and I'm going to hold it till Sunday. No, you don't have to hold it. You can just call that person on the phone. Tap them on the shoulder. Hey, I think God spoke to me, and I think this is what you need to do with you. Oh, really? Well, I've been thinking about that, too. Well, good. See, but I mean, it works, it works 24-7. It's not a churchy thing. And a lot of times, God will do that individually because what you're saying individually, nobody else really needs to. Come on now. See what I mean? If it gets to be a personal thing, if it gets to be something like that, then sometimes it won't be given in a group, praise God. But it's the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Say, I got the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. So we're reconnected to the kingdom now. You've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You've got the power of God on the inside of you because the Spirit of the Lord has come upon you. Go to Matthew chapter 3. I'm not going to be that concerned about time this morning because I know I've got a church on fire, a Holy Spirit flame, who want to hear the Word of God, and they could care less about what time it might be or what time it might not be. They just want the Word, praise God, to ignite on the inside of them a new fire in a new area of their life, praise God, that's been dormant in that area, and it's going to kickstart that thing this morning, and they're going to have a new presence and a new understanding. And a... Thank you. <laughs> Matthew chapter 3. Look at verse 11. John says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that comes after me, now who do you suppose that is? Jesus. Jesus. He that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not even worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. All right. And with what? Fire. Fire. Hallelujah. Fire. Glory to God. Yes. Now, how many of you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Yes. How many of you know that? I'm going to tell you another thing. If you ever really get hit with a fire, you're going to know that too. I've been hit with a fire a few times. Couldn't talk, couldn't walk, couldn't stand, couldn't do anything. Just shook, praise God. Why? It hot. It hot. Goes through your entire being, for God's sake. It's like it's coming out to your fingertips. Like one of those laser things. You just want to blast people. But notice what John says. All I can do is baptize you with water. I can dunk you with water, you come out. But notice what's going to happen when Jesus comes. He's going to baptize you with somebody called the Holy Ghost and baptize you with fire. Say fire. fire. All right, go to Acts chapter 1. Some of you all say, Lord, come on, baptize me with the fire. When it comes, you're going to say, Lord, take it away. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, that's not again. No, I was just kidding, Lord. Acts chapter 1, look at verse 1. Former test trees have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive. After his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to what? So here's Jesus, he comes, he teaches the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like, this is what the kingdom is like, what can we prepare the kingdom of God? He goes across, dies, gets up, and he says, this is what the kingdom of God is like, this is what the kingdom of God. Notice he had a one-track mind. Now look what he says about the kingdom. 
Look at verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them they should not depart. We already read that. Don't tarry. Tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard of me. Verse 5. For John truly baptized you with what? But you shall be baptized with what? The Holy Ghost, not many days since. So he's basically just saying what basically John said, right? He said, John baptized you with water, and, I, and you're going to be baptized pretty soon with something called, someone called who? The Holy Ghost. All right, now, he, he compares the two so that you compare the two. Is that deep? See, Jesus will do that to you. So he says, remember when you went to the baptismal thing and they took you and they dunked you and they brought you back up and everybody went, and you got baptized. Well, now he's, he's comparing that to the baptism of the Holy Ghost spiritually. Say spiritually. So when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's like God takes your spirit and dunks it in the Holy Ghost and brings you back out in the Holy Ghost to a place where what was in you comes out of you and comes on you. And in the spirit realm, how many of you know when people get baptized with water and they come out of the water, they usually look wet? Do you agree with that? They look wet, don't they? Well, when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you're going to look different. You're going to look wet. Sometimes I pray bog ball, now with a bunch of young guys, and whenever they shoot and they think it's gone, and they say, that's wet. I don't know why they say that, but they say that. <laughs> that's wet. Oh, that's wet. I'm thinking, <laughs> thinking, is it raining? What the heck's going on? I don't even know what's going on. But apparently it's a figurative thing. Well, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are wet. Say wet. Uh, let, me, let me put this. If you get dunked in water, and I just got baptized, and I'm so glad to see my son and my daughter-in-law here, and I run up and hug them, what do you think is going to happen to them? They're going to get wet, aren't they? Well, once you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, it gives you the ability to make other people wet. Oh, gosh, that felt good. Glad I said that. I'm glad I said that. Other people. See, we walk around just thinking we're this ordinary human being going through life, getting up, doing our work, going here. No, on the inside of you if, you, if you tend to that fire on the inside of you and tend to that spirit that's on the inside of you, you can walk up to people, you can bump into people. It's not just even your actions and your talk, but there is a presence that comes upon your life that other people, I mean, you, you can pray for some people who ask you to pray for who are sinners who don't know anything about God, and you pray for them, and they feel something. They'll tell you, oh, my God, what's the matter with you? See, because they've never experienced something like that before. But you have it on the inside of you. It's there. You have been baptized with the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 8. He goes on to say, but you shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon whom? So notice, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. As the Holy Ghost come upon you, then you've received what? Power. You've got power. You've got the kingdom of God in you. You've got the spirit of God in you today. And if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, which most of you are, because last week we gave you an opportunity to come up, get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Everybody didn't get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Please pray in that language. Yes. It's going to make a big difference in your life if you can do that. If you just got it brand new, just do it for 10, 10 minutes if you want to. And then increase it to 15 or to 20, but do it. Praise God. You've got to do it every day, and you'll have different languages. You'll have different stuff going on. It'll be very important to what God wants to do in your life. Just go up to Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost is fully come, they were all in one accord, and suddenly, say suddenly. suddenly. Glory to God. When you start flowing in the Holy Ghost, you're going to have suddenlies in your life. In other words, God doesn't tell you ahead of time sometimes. He doesn't pre-plan sometimes. Sometimes things just suddenly happen. Say suddenly. suddenly. You know, all of a sudden you're, you're not having a very good day and somebody walks up and suddenly, 
they draw on that anointing on the inside of you. And you can feel it's like a suction thing. Somebody's sucking the life out of the inside of you. What does that mean? That means they need what you got and they want what you got. Now, there's other people that need what you got and could care less whether you got it or not. And if you try to force what you got on them, you're just going to wear you out. See, there's a flow, there's a draw, there's something to do. It's like the guy, you know, who was crawling around the toilet and in the bathroom and saying, anoint me, Lord, anoint me. I need the anointing, I need the anointing. And God stopped and said, son, the toilet doesn't need a healing. (laughs) What was he saying? Take that anointing wherever you go. The kingdom of God goes with you wherever you go. And you have power and authority to help other people change their lives because you have the spirit of God upon you. But you have the spirit of God in you, which helps you walk in love. The love of God has been shed abroad in your, by the, oh Lord, give me more love. He ain't going to do it. You need to yield to the love that's on the inside of you. Lord, give me peace. You've already got peace. He's already given it to you. The question are, are you going to walk and flow in the peace that God has already given you? And you do that by the Spirit of God who's on the inside of you. So here we're talking about Pentecost, verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound as of heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like heavens of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to do what? Speak, Speak in other tongues as what? Notice, the Spirit gives you utterance. Say, the Spirit gives me utterance. Most people want to try to talk out of their own mind. It doesn't come out of here. It comes out of here. It's out of your belly shall flow a river of what? Living Living water is on the inside of you. So here was something. Now, how many know when they started talking in other tongues at this time and people started understanding what they were saying, it was probably a shock to the people who were there. I mean, they had, in our terms, Spanish, French, Italian, all these people here. And all at once, they started preaching the gospel in all their languages. And these people say, they can't speak Italian, but they're talking right to me. They can't speak French, but they're talking right to me. What is it? Because it was a different language that they got, and they heard everything that they said, even though they couldn't speak the same language. How many of you think that's a miracle? Amen. Hallelujah. There's been people I've known who've prayed over people who are in line, and basically they prayed in tongues over somebody, and the person who they prayed over actually heard what they were saying in their tongue and actually got delivered because they were saying, be free in Jesus' name, and the person praying in tongues didn't even know what they were saying. But the person who was receiving understood it. How many know that might be supernatural? See, these are all things in the Holy Ghost that are available to each and every one of us better than just plain church. Come on, showing up every day, going about our daily things. These are daily things that happen. In Mark 16, it says, These signs shall follow them that in my name they shall cast out devils and they shall speak with other." So we're speaking with other tongues. People say, well, I don't understand it. doesn't matter if anybody understands it or not. Bless God. You're a tongue talker, and they're talking about you anyway. (laughs) If I speak in tongues, they're going to talk about me. They already are. So you might as well just add to it and pray in tongues and keep it going. Praise God. It doesn't make any difference. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So basically, the kingdom of God is not about religion. It's not about going to heaven. It's about the Spirit of God living on the inside of each and every one of us. Close your eyes. Put your hands on your belly. Say, I have the Spirit of God living in me. All right, go to John 14.
All right, John chapter 14, look at verse 12. It's in red. Jesus once again is speaking. Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me. Do you believe on him? Yes. Do you really? Yes. Then the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my... Now the question is, has he gone? He has. So if you want to back up, if he's gone, then you should be doing greater works as a body. We should be doing greater works than he did. Now when Jesus was here, how many know he only had two hands? He only had two feet. So if Jesus was in Port St. Lucie and you lived in Fort Pierce, you needed a healing, you were in trouble because he couldn't get to you. But now, since he's filled people with the Holy Ghost and the anointing once again, there are people getting healed in India today. There are people getting healed in China today. There are people getting healed all over. Why? Because each and every one of us are now carriers of the Spirit of God and the deliverance for other people on the inside of us. So the greater works, I don't believe are greater works. I believe there's more works, is what he meant here. There's going to be more works done because one man could not get to everybody, but we can get to everybody around us. We can go to a different country and get to people. Why? Because we have the power of God on the inside of us. Greater works shall you do. Say, greater works, greater works. Shall, we do. shall we do. Now, as a body, we should be doing greater works than Jesus did. You should be affecting your place. I should be affecting my place. And we should be growing in the things of God and doing what we're supposed to do because we're filled with the Holy Ghost. All right, go to John 14. Go to verse 16 then. It's nice of you to get there so quick. All right, look at verse 16. Jesus says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he might abide with you forever. forever. Hallelujah. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and shall be what? In you. Notice, so here's Jesus giving the thing. He says, basically, I'm with you right now. I, I am around here. I am among you, and I'm with you. But sooner or later, you're not just going to have among and with you. You're going to have someone who is now in you. Say, in me. in me. How many know it's better to have someone in you? See, in the Old Testament, you study the Old Testament, where, where was God? Most of the time, he was in a box, wasn't he? Either in a box or in the temple. And if you wanted to see God, you had to go to the box. You had to go to the temple. Why? Because that's where God lives. Most people think God lives in the church building. That's why they act like they do in church. And don't act like anything close to that when they get out of the church. Why? God's in church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Step outside of church. I hope they locked the door and he stayed in there. I hope they didn't leave him out. Because what I'm doing out here isn't going to work out very well. Praise God. No, but notice God lives on the inside of you and he abides with you for long, forever. So the Old Testament was a box mentality. God lived in a box. When I got born again, I was in a certain denomination where God lived in a box. He was in a box, he was on the altar, and that's where God lived. So when I got born again and had an experience with God, and the grass got greener, and the sky got bluer, and God affected my life, and I felt the presence of God, every morning when I wanted to pray, I got up early, I went to that church in front of that box, and I prayed. And I came home, and the next day I got up early, and I went in front of that box, and I prayed. Why? Because I wanted to talk to God, and God was in that box. So I had to talk to him while he was in the box. And then I started reading scriptures like this. He shall be in you. You are a temple of the living God, as God has said. Uh, God dwells on the inside. Greater is who is in you than he is in the world. And finally, I knew I didn't have to go to the box anymore. Because even if he wasn't there, he's also in here at the same time, praise God. It was like a box-to-box -box talk. But I didn't know that. I was ignorant of that. Nobody ever told me that. They just told me he's in the box. So I went to the box, praise God, to talk to him. But notice, he, he will abide in you, and he will be in you forever. So they had to change the Old Testament way that they thought to the New Testament, didn't they? 
All right, go to Mark chapter 9. You know, we sing songs sometimes, and if you really have an understanding of what the songs are saying to you, they ignite you. If they don't, they just get to be motions. You know, I've got a river. That song we sing, it touches me because I know i got a river. And when he says go to the left, I want to go to the left. If he says go to the right, I don't want to go to the left. I've gone to the left when he said go to the right. <laughs> and it didn't work out very well. So what did I do? Blame God. God misspoke. Lord, I'm trying to straighten you out the best I can. All right, Mark chapter 9, look at verse 1. And he said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste death till they have seen the kingdom of God come with what? Power. And where's the kingdom of God? So where's the power? And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, and led them up to a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before their eyes. And his raiment became shining white, white as snow, as no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared unto him Elias and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said, Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Hallelujah. And let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. And he wist not what to say, because he was sore afraid. Say, sore afraid. So he goes up on this mountaintop. How many know that the Holy Spirit lived inside of Jesus? Jesus went on that mountaintop, and all at once what was in him started to manifest out of him. Say, manifest out of him. Now, how many know there's manifests of the Spirit of God in you at times? We lay hands on people here. Uh, I've seen about everything. You know, some people get stuck to the floor. Some people fall down. Some people shake. One time somebody was doing cartwheels that I know can't do cartwheels in the natural realm. They'd have killed themselves. But sometimes the Spirit of God affects you. You shake under the power. You do what other fire. Well, Jesus here basically came out and got in his clothes. Say, got in his clothes. Now, that's another sermon. But we're going to leave that one go for now. He got up and it came into his clothes so that they were so white, he glowed in white. And you know what Peter said? My God, it's good to be here. So now you see what's going on. Woo, this is good. Now watch. Now, Peter, James, and John, if you read Acts, they are basically the pillars of the New Testament church. They're the big three, basically. So what happened? Peter sees this and he says, this is good stuff. I, I got Jesus. I got Moses. I got Elijah. What we need to do is get three boxes. And we're going to put the power in one box, and the other guy's power in the other box. We're going to have three boxes to go to, three boxes. Of, now, how many know that's not what Jesus was trying to get across? No, he was trying to get across that there's going to be three new boxes, but they're going to be Peter. They're going to be James. And the three boxes are going to be John. Because you're the pillars of the church. And if I can get this revelation of God dwelling on the inside of you, I mean, it'll spread through the church. But if it goes back to the box mentality, then they're all going to come in their morning prayer time to talk to Elijah, talk to Moses, and talk to Jesus in the box. No, he was trying to get across to them that there was change coming in their life, that the Spirit of God was now going to dwell in human beings, live on the inside of mortal men. And Jesus continually tried to teach them this. Remember when they were going across on the sea and the water kicked up and the boat got full of water? What was Jesus doing? Sleeping. Sleeping. And all at once they woke him up and said, my God, we all going to die. Do something, Jesus. So Jesus got up and basically he spoke to the wind and the sea. And how many know it stopped? You know what that is? That is God with us. So good to have God with us. But then Jesus didn't say, I'm glad you woke me up. He said, where's your faith? He said, why didn't you do what I just did? 
He said, why don't you become a person who's got the power in them rather than having the power with them? See, most of the church is God with you minded, not God in you minded. Do it, God. Do it. Heal the sick. Do it. Do it. Cleanse the leper. Do it. Save people. Bring people into the kingdom. Well, if he's going to do that, he needs a vessel to do that. He's just not going to appear and start preaching the gospel to people. He does it through people by living on the inside of them. But since we've had God with you minded, well, just pray. God, do it. God, do it. No, God wants you to do it with you. You're one together. He needs a vessel down here. That's why you're here to begin with in this earth realm, basically, as sons and daughters of God, to extend his kingdom into this earth realm. And you do that by the power of the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you. So basically, what does he tell him? He tells him that the Spirit of God is going to come in you. The kingdom is in power. And when you're done, you're going to have power on the inside of you that I want you to express to the entire church. All right, go to 1 John chapter 4. Say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. First oh, John chapter 4. Let me just say this quick. If you really get a revelation of God actually living in you and really start to believe it, some of the things you're doing now you won't do anymore. That's right. See, you can't sit in front of the TV filled with God watching porno. It really doesn't work out very well probably. See, you can't be having an affair on the side. You can't be doing these things. Why? Because God's on the inside of you. Now, if God lives in your church... See, if he's only in Treasure Coast Victory Center, then as long as I'm out there doing whatever I want, praise God, that's good. But when I come in, I'll be all dressed up. I'll take up offering, do whatever needs to be done, see? But it's not that way. God lives on the inside of you all the time. People all the time cuss in front of me. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, he hears you. He don't hear you through me. Um, what am I, your, your telephone? Am I reporting back? He's cussing. No, I mean, oh, God's everywhere. God knows what's going on. God knows what's happening. I shouldn't be cussing in front of you. You shouldn't be cussing at all. And I'll tell you what. I tell them sometimes, if you cannot cuss when you're with me, then you could not cuss. Don't tell me you can't stop when you can stop when I'm there and at once kick it back in when your friends come. You see? Why is that? Because they just don't want to stop, praise God. And it's hard for them to make the decision. No, you, when, you, when you know he's on the inside of you, you start living like God's on the inside of you. You want to live a kingdom life. You want to live with a kingdom attitude. You want to live in purity and holiness before God, praise God. And it's not a chore. It's just following the Holy Ghost and doing whatever he tells you to do. All right, 1 John chapter 4. Look at verse 3, very familiar scripture. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome this spirit of Antichrist, because greater is he that is in heaven, greater is he that is coming back on a white horse, greater is he that is than he that is now, how many know, we, we've talked about Smith Wigglesworth before. He was a mighty man of God, just a plain guy, basically, who walked around with the power of God, raised people from the dead. One of his favorite things that he ever learned was that he was much bigger on the inside than he was on the outside. He said, when I got a revelation that what was in me was bigger than everything going on out here, I started to do signs, wonders, and miracles. So every day I just remember that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the 
world. So how many know you're going to run into problems this week? You're going to run into situations this week. You're going to turn on the news and wish you hadn't. See, and when all these things start coming up, you've got to remember who's on the inside of you, that he's much bigger than the problems, the worries, the cares. And the only reason people are acting so stupid is because they don't have the Holy Ghost. All humanity needs the Holy Ghost. I know people with the Holy Ghost, and I know people without the Holy Ghost, and I'd rather be with the people with the Holy Ghost. See? But what's the matter with these people? They don't have anything controlling them. They don't have any influence. They don't have nothing. They're just living by their selfish selves because that's, that's the way they are right now. But if you can get them born again and get the Spirit of God on the inside of them, how you know things will change. Yes, will. All right, one more. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 20 after 12. We can still beat the Methodist if I hurry here. <laughs> I used to say Lutheran, but somebody came up and was mad because they were Lutheran, so I had to change it to Methodist. <laughs> All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, wonderful scripture here. Look at verse 16. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of who? Living. Say living God. Living. As God has said, who said this? God, God says, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them, I will be there, and they shall be my Hallelujah, glory to God. I'm so glad that's there. I'm so glad that's there. Notice, He will dwell in you. He's now in you. You are His vehicle. You are His Rolls Royce. You are His Mercedes. You are carrying Him and the kingdom of God all over the world. Domino's delivers pizza. You deliver God, praise God. Hallelujah. The only difference is they don't touch theirs anymore. You might have to touch somebody. <laughs> or wear gloves or whatever you need to do, praise God, to get it done. But notice this morning, you are a temple of the living God. Jesus came to make sure that the Spirit of God would live and dwell on the inside of you, that He would take up residence in you to give you the ability and power to do everything that He wanted done in this earth realm right now. You've got a purpose and you've got a plan. I don't care what your age is. I don't care how old you are. There's something for you to do the rest of 2020. There's something there to do. And there'll be something brand new probably in 2021. What do I need to do this year? I need to fulfill whatever he's given me to do in 2020 period. But what about 2025? What about it? How about just the rest of the year? Let's just nail down the rest of the year with God. Who does he want me to go to? Who does he want me to bring into the kingdom? Who does he want me to touch? Who does he want me to teach? What does he want me to do? How does he want me to use? And that's what you want to do on a daily basis. Just touch people's lives, praise God, for today. Don't worry 10 years down the road. Just finish out this year what he's told you to do, and he'll be able to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. the key.